Welcome back to the Savage Land. We have another creator interview this week. Uh, my name is Jason, and today I will be talking to the artist, writer, creator, uh, whatever extraordinaire, uh, the auteur uh, that is Patrick Gleason. You know him uh, currently from Superman Rebirth, and before you've seen him on uh, Batman and Robin, uh, Green Lantern, Aquaman, all sorts of books all across uh, the DC Universe and others. Uh, but please welcome to the show Patrick Gleason. How you doing, Patrick? Hey, I'm doing great, Jason. Good, good, doing really hey, good. How's uh, how are things going right now? I mean, you're you're in the the you know the 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 big wave of rebirth, I guess. I was trying to think of like a good term for it, and my brain just went totally blank. But I mean, you guys are how many issues into Superman now? Are you? Uh, well, twenty five just came out, <clears throat> and uh, we're working on uh, man. We're we're working ahead. <laughs> yeah, I think people sure. are, are writing thirty one, maybe something like that. So, wow. and it's only been a year, so we're it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's like that. That's kind of the big thing that was. Uh, and I guess we'll start with some rebirth questions before I, you know, take it back to to sure. your roots and your origins. Uh, but what I was yeah. always curious about is with rebirth, and especially <clears throat> on titles like Superman, where they're double shipping, you know, two issues every month. Uh, how much lead time do you guys have and how far in advance of rebirth did you guys know what you were going to be doing? Oh, I, yeah, I'm sorry. I totally missed the question. <laughs> oh no, you're good. Um, Oh yeah, that, that was weird. Skype was doing a weird thing. Um, but so how far in yeah. advance of, uh, of rebirth did you guys know what you were doing and, and have lead time to sort of, you know, get the art done and scripts and all that? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, <sighs> Yeah, this is a year ago, so I'm, you're making me remember stuff. <laughs> uh, everything moves so quickly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's well. I was doing. I was. I was writing and drawing um, Robin Son of Batman. Yeah, and I feel like I, I remember. I had to, you know, I had to kind of make the choice, you know, to leave it and go on to Superman. So I want to say that was January. Okay. And wow. uh, and I think I we started writing it and drawing it. You know, it was probably three months. Between when we found out, uh, when, or when I left Robin, and when I actually started drawing the issue, you know, first we first we wrote it. You know, we spent a long time just kind of talking about what we were, what we wanted to do, and uh, you know, wrote the script and, and then started drawing, started drawing it, and uh, you know, we we're kind of off to the races. And but it was a whole new, you know, I mean, I've been doing this for a long time, and so you you know, you kind of get to a rhythm and you know. You know how to do a book every month, but this was also going by monthly or is it bi-weekly? I was getting mixed up by monthly. <laughs> so twice a month, you know, this book is coming out. So, yeah. you know, you finish and then it's like you got to jump right on something else. And so um, it was a little different. But, you know, so we had to we had to think we had to think really far ahead uh, when we were getting started on this. So, um, you know, if, if for people that have been reading uh, the last year of Superman, um, you know, the stuff that we came to in 25, we had been planning since issue one. Wow. So we, we, we really wanted, yeah. I mean, I mean, things changed along the way, obviously, but, but there was a, there was a definite, uh, Uber plan for, for the whole, the whole deal. And, um, and, you know, and we, we, we started with three months, but we wish I <laughs> go looking back, I'm like, man, six months would have been great. Yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> It's, I mean, just, just like thinking about it from an outsider perspective of like how difficult it must be to manage, you know, usually it's around like three or four kind of artists on these creative teams because you have like your two main series artists and then the fill-ins. Uh, right. Just, just managing all that, getting all the scripts done on time, making sure that each artist has enough lead time. Uh, 
and you're constantly fighting the sort of you know the train that's catching up you know every every yeah. issue that comes out that's just it's it's like a i don't know it, it, it feels like i'm gonna get some sort of like third party anxiety just thinking about it <laughs> it's definitely it has definitely put us through the ringer it's like i feel you feel like the you know the girl in the horror movie that's running from you know the bad guy and just you keep tri- you keep tripping and you're like you're not making any ground and they're just slowly walking you know the the deadline is just slowly walking and you're like i must keep going and you know there's there's you know you get sick your kids get sick you know something like that it doesn't matter it's still two weeks you know the book's coming out yeah. so so we had to let a lot of stuff go actually which i prefer personally uh, you know I, I co-write it with uh with peter tomasi yeah and i guess i, I co-draw it with doug Mankey. and so and we have um in the First arc, we had a, a third artist that would come in, which was Jorge Jimenez, who's great. Um, and, and now we've got uh, Scott and other people that have kind of rotated in and out. But you know, when we you know, to come, Doug, Doug is local. We we both live and work here in Minnesota, and we share a studio oh, cool. sometimes. And so, so part of the plan was we would just all kind of jam together. Um, and, and I don't think I wouldn't have. I don't think I would have done it without having you know Doug on board with me and Pete. Mm-hmm. Uh, because like we all work together it's really well and we've we've done this before um on different books you know in different ways you know green lantern Corps was very similar actually because when we were doing blackest night it was insanity and you know doug and i shared a studio he was on green lantern i was on green lantern Corps. yeah um so it was we kind of knew what it was like to be in the trenches together and so we, we felt confident we could we could try this weird, horrible, terrifying experience. (laughs) Um, and, and it's, and you know, I won't lie. It's been tough. It's been tough. But what I, what I started to say was it affords us kind of a different approach to these books, which I think comics has kind of been lacking, um, which is a a more fun kind of like uh, just a more fun, you know, momentum driven kind of feel and, and coming out every two weeks, there's a lot of momentum behind these books and we can just kind of throw stuff out there. And, and, you know, it's, people have been really patient <laughs> and really, really generous in their acceptance of, of some of the crazy stuff we've been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, it's kind of, you know, I always say it's kind of like jazz. It's like going from like classical music to, you know, on a monthly book, you just, you know, and you plot out every, every beat and moment uh, to, to this where, I'm literally like at the last minute going, you know what? I want to change the end of issue 25. And, you know, you know, they find out after I turn the page in, you know, because (laughs) that's just how, that's just how we have to move. You know, it's every two weeks. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, uh, God bless our editorial, you know, who have to put up with this stuff. But uh, they, uh, they've been great uh, as far as uh, just, you know, dealing with us and things like that. And, you know, really, I mean, I wouldn't be able to do it without Pete. Uh, and, and Doug at, at my side in the trenches, but yeah, it's been, it's been crazy. It's been really fun though. And you know, we, we, I never thought we'd be doing it more than a year, but <laughs> here we are. So here you are. Yeah. And, and it's, it's interesting. And I mean, it doesn't like, to me, it does feel like just what you were saying that there is no team, uh, no creative team that was more, I guess, suited for that type of demand than, uh, than the combination of you, Pete Tomasi and, and Doug Monkey, Cause like you said, I mean, you guys, both you and Pete and you and Doug really have kind of been working together for, I mean, hell, over a decade at this point. Uh, oh. It's it's kind of crazy. I mean, like, what... <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think it is that uh, that makes those collaborations work so well? 
Oh, that's a really good question. Um, uh, man, and it's funny because, you know, it's depending, depending on, I can only say from my perspective, you know, I mean, I know, you know, Doug and I are, you know, he's one of my best friends. Um, and yeah. so, but we didn't, we didn't start out that way. You know, I was just some kid that worked at a comic book store. Um, <laughs> and, and actually first time I met him, I worked at a pizza place and, oh, wow. uh, the guy worked the guy I worked with, he had gone trick or treating, and he's like, he came into work one day. He's like, hey, you know the guy that, you know the movie The Mask? And he's like, I met the artist for the book, and <laughs> and so I was like, oh, that's cool. And and I've been doing my own comics, so you know we had this, we had you know we had this uh you know this thing in common. And so then I, I ended up working at a local comic book store, and uh, that's where I that's where I really met Doug, and and uh, showed him my stuff, and and you know so I was trying to, I was trying to get work in comics. I was trying to break in. Yeah. When I met. And so to, to hint, you know, it was it was nerve wracking for me. He was very gracious and nice, but you know, he, it was very professional. Like I was like Mr. Mankey, and, <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. And and you know, I you know I, I was trying to break in, you know, and, and he would look at my portfolio and tell me, you know, th- things to do different and how he would do it. I would make the changes, and you know, I ended up actually getting work through uh, in a roundabout way. Um, with another guy, but I'm getting off track. So, <laughs> no, you know, fine. over time, Doug and I, I, I we, can go, we can come back to that if you want. Yeah, absolutely, but, uh, we will. You know, I, I, I eventually became Doug's assistant, um, and so I actually was his assistant on Superman, um, and for many years, uh, we were, I was his assistant on various things, on and off, uh-huh. um, and we became friends, and we became, we became friends, just sharing, you know, work, I worked at his house in the studio, and uh, then we started working on our own things, uh, I moved, I got married and, and, uh, then I moved back up and uh, to where he was, and we got a studio together and that was when we started on Green Lantern together. So we were, by then we were doing our own things and we were just having a blast, you know, working in the studio Yeah, and, uh, just as friends, you know, doing similar work, but, and kind of working together, but not really, mm-hmm. um, cause we're on separate books. And then, you know, I started doing Robin and, and, uh, you know, Doug really pushed me to, to do the writing things i had been writing kind of behind the scenes around robin and things like that and, and so when i did that you know it was great and then i got off with superman <laughs> and it was like all right now i'm now i'm writing scripts literally just i'm writing scripts and, and now doug is going off of my script so wow so it's been a really weird like crazy like you know roller coaster with him but i mean you know like i said he's one of my best friends and, and uh you know I, I love working with him um you know, because I, I just admire him. I, I look up to, you know, he's, a, he's a, one of the best artists in this business, and he's so consistent. And he's like, got, he's got a great imagination, and just there's just so much about his stuff that, I, that I'm drawn to. Yeah, you know, I think it's cool to work to work. Um, you know, and then Pete is, uh, you know, on a different, you know, on a similar wavelength, but different too, because um, he was my he was the editor that brought me over to DC. So I was. I, I was working at Image mm. with Jay Farber on, on a book called Noble Causes, and uh, and he basically contacted me and said, "Hey, you know, uh, he had known about me because I I'll back up. Sorry, I was when I was Doug's <laughs> assistant. He was Pete was his editor, okay. and uh, and there was a specific book uh, where uh, it was Lobo Hitman, uh, written by Garth Ennis, and mm. Doug was Doug was working on that and Superman, I think, at the same time, so." He hired me to help him so he could do both. And so I was working on the Lobo Hitman and stuff with him. And, 
he there was just one and he was i mean he this wasn't like you know just do the backgrounds pat you know do the boring stuff i don't want to do like he was really pushing me to you know to 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 do actual work on these books and, you know, do layouts. And then he would erase them and tell me they were horrible <laughs> and then show and show me like how to do it the right way, you know, but I learned a lot that way. And so, well, one of the things I drew was there's a scene where Lobo was chasing uh, hit, Tommy hit man, and uh, there's a car full of mobsters, you know, just real like bad Goomba kind of guys. And you're like, Hey, you know, the typical Garth Ennis, you know, writing. And so, you know, the main man, you know, picks up the car. There's a sniper on the roof. He picks up the car full of these gangsters. And he, he throws the guitar. The, the, that's a guitar. The car. <laughs> he throws the, the car at the sniper up on the roof. And it hits a sniper. And the back end is popping open, the, the trunk. Mm-hmm. And I, just because I thought it would be funny, I drew, like, uh, a, a dude in his in his boxers, like hogtied, like flying out of the trunk and going inside <laughs> the building. Because what else would monsters happen in the back of his car, right? Yeah, of I course. thought that would be funny. I just, you know, whatever. Doug thought it was funny. He left it in, and Pete thought it was funny. And so my my career was, I think, at DC was based off of that one guy because Pete <laughs> uh, and and specifically Doug, because a lot of guys, a lot of artists, you know, with an assistant, you know, they don't they don't give them any credit. Yeah, and. Uh, and Pete thought that was funny, and he said he said something to Doug, I guess, on the phone. That was really great, Doug. You know, and and Doug had the choice to make, and and he said, you know, he said, well, I'm actually, Pat, please, my assistant, and uh, and that was how I got on Pete's radar, apparently. And so, wow. Uh, I later went went to work at Image, and uh, they Pete hired me from Image, and uh, I started working on Jeff John's scripts. Yeah, <laughs> you see, that was my first job. See, so, yeah, I had two, <laughs> two two books. Um, so he was, wow. my, so Pete was my editor and, uh, and then he's, then he stopped being an editor and decided to start writing. So then he became my writer and, you know, we worked together as a writer, you know, artist writer and then, uh, through Punk Green Lantern Corps and then on Batman and Robin, you know, we started working even more closely together, you know, where I was, you know, plotting along with him and, and, you know, he really let me, he really took me in and let me, um, again, uh, just kind of put my own spin on the way I drew, you know, if he, he, he'd say, you know, if you feel like this isn't working or you can think of something better, change it. And so, and not a lot of writers do that, you know, I don't know if, yeah. you, you know, maybe the listeners don't know, but some writers are very, very particular. They don't want you to change anything. Yeah. You know, for every, uh, so for every, like, nice. uh, I was going to say like for every, um, you know, uh, Stan Lee that just kind of, you know, writes off a little tiny, description of an issue and then lets the artist do whatever they want there's also an alan moore who you know has four pages of script for every page of comic exactly exactly and it's you know i haven't really worked with a writer like that you know uh, i think probably thankfully although some days it would be nice um you know to just have someone tell me exactly what to do and i just follow it to the letter it'd be <laughs> probably easier yeah um, but i enjoy i enjoy like solving problems i, I like i like pushing you know the the media a little bit and you know, like uh, just as an example, like uh, on the the um, death of the family crossover, um, you know, one of the the most famous pages that people are always you know coming back to me with is that shot of the Joker. Um, you know, he said his face cut off and mm. he's flipped upside down, and there's a splash of him, a splash page of him with his face on upside down. He's hanging upside down, his face is right side up. It's just super creepy, horrible little shot. Yeah. And that was it was it was in the script, but that was. That was just a panel on one page. It wasn't a 
big shot. You know, it was, I can't remember, it, you know, four panel page, five panel page with that in there. Yeah. And when I got to, that, um, you know, Pete, again, he's, he's so comfortable with me. I did, I had no problem saying, you know what, that needs to be a splash page. And so I just, I just took, I took the four other panels from that page and I just, you know, crammed them over somewhere else <laughs> so I could make that into a splash. <laughs> and that's how Pete and I work, you know, ever since, since Batman and Robin, um, and you know, he's, it's been really, it's been a cool relationship. So I've learned a lot, uh, you know, just being able to kind of stretch my wings and kind of come up with stuff, which led into us writing together really. Yeah. No. And so now we write together and it's, you know, it's, it's cool. It's a, now it's a different working relationship, you know? Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I've, and I I've mean, learned a lot from that. It, it, it definitely seems like, to share this. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, yeah. I, I was just going to say like, it definitely seems like you guys have, uh, have, have grown, you know, more and more sort of in tandem, uh, over the years with all your books. Um, cause I mean, it's li- like Batman and Robin, that was what, six years together that you guys were working almost five years. Was it? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we did 40 issues of the regular series. I mean, and I think I had like one or two filling issues. I mean, that was really like every issue that we were up together. And then we did, well, we did three issues before that was 40. We did the original Batman and Robin series with Dick Grayson was Batman, which was super fun. I, mean, I wish I could have gone on for another 10 issues, but yeah, so that was three issues of that. And then 40 issues of the regular plus a zero. Issue. So it was like 44 issues. Wow. Something like that. So yeah, I don't know how many years that translates into, but it was a good chunk of time. Yeah. Which I love. I, personally, I, I like settling into something. You know, I had a long run on Green Lantern Corps. Like, I think 47 was our last issue, but I had done five issues before that of yeah. Green Lantern Corps Rebirth. Um, so I, you know, and I, and now, you know, we're kind of on track to do a similar thing with Superman, although I'm not able to draw every issue. Unfortunately, I would love to if I could. But, yeah. You know, but the schedule it just doesn't. Oh, of course. But I'm writing on every issue, so. Yeah. yeah, it's it's kind of funny. You've like you've managed to in your career, uh, like put a a long term significant stamp on like all of these different areas of the DC universe. Um, you know, you, like you you know, if you look at the early days, you got like your your Aquaman uh, run with uh, Will Pfeiffer, like that. You know, that was yeah. a pretty good amount of issues. It was. I mean, do you remember how many issues that was? Yeah, uh, I think issue fifteen was my first issue, and then issue what like. 30 something was my last. So it's like 15 issues, but that was, that was my first regular series ever. And so, yeah, that was great. I loved doing that with them. That was, was great. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, Aquaman is, we put our touch on different areas. I mean, that's, that was my goal from the beginning was just, I, I you know, I, I like, I like moving around to different things. And I liked, I liked being on books that, you know, like, I, you know, I, no, no disrespect to the people working on it before that, but you know, Aquaman was kind of struggling, at the, I mm-hmm. think, at the time, and uh, so was Green Lantern Corps. Well, I guess Green Lantern in general, you know. <laughs> and so when I was able to come on to it and working with these other, you know, these awesome writers like like Jeff, Dave Gibbons, and, uh, you know, and Will, and you know, there wasn't a lot of high expectations, so they they let us. They let us, they let me, you know, be a little more free in the art, you know, so I tried, I was able to try different things and and just have fun with it. And I think, I think a lot of times as an artist and and as a writer, you know, those lines, those lines are kind of blurred, but a lot of times that's where, you know, that, that magic kind of, kind of comes in because, because really you're just, at the end of the day, 
you know, you're balancing being a professional, you know, someone who's, who's hired by a company to draw their characters mm-hmm. and do what they want with you. You also are not just a robot. You, you know, they're hiring you for some input on your part. So you want to, you want to do the things that you like and you just hope other people like it too. And ideally you hope your editor is one of those people that like it, <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, and it's, you know, it, it's been a, it's been a really cool chance to work at DC. You know, I grew up a Marvel kid, you know, I didn't, I didn't read DC books. Um, and so to get, to get to play in the DC, you know, sandbox, uh, I really, you know, I, I grew, I grew up seeing, you know, I saw DC from the you know TV and movies and yeah. things like that. That was primarily where I got my input. Uh, from it. And so, you know, I, I just was able to come kind of come in and do that kind of thing. And, you know, people seem to like it. Um, and I, and I, and I enjoy it, you know, it's, it's been really, it's been really fun to have these, these put these stamps on, uh, on these, these eras of these certain books, you know, so it, it, it's a great, yeah, it, I mean, it sounds kind of cheap to say that, but it really is. I, I, I consider myself very blessed to have, <laughs> to be a part of all these things. So in kind of talking about that, you know, mentioning that you were a uh, Marvel kid growing up, which is something that honestly I wouldn't have guessed considering how long you've been at DC. Uh, I kind of wanted to, to bring it back. When was the, the first time that you read a comic book or started, you know, kind of getting into that world? Yeah, well, you know, maybe I was a little, a little, uh, just uh, might be a little confusing. You know, as a Marvel, when I say I was a Marvel kid, I meant I, I was a Marvel kid kid in the sense that I didn't call up books until a lot later but when I did it was Marvel stuff and so you know I grew up <clears throat> and I didn't I, I was really um I was really into cartooning and animation and things like that uh honestly so I, I never I didn't really start off wanting to do comic books um I didn't really even know what they were I I, I came into comic books a lot later in the game um hmm. you know I was, I was familiar with superheroes you know from tv basically if it was free i i was into it because <laughs> <laughs> we when I, I grew up we were pretty kind of poor we didn't have much money you know i didn't get an allowance so it was like if, yep. if i got the, the the sunday funnies like i would cut those up and put them on my wall and i'd get a comic book every once in a while for christmas like i remember my first my very first comic that i ever got that i remember i was like five and it was it was a DC book. It was, it was Captain Carrot and the Zoo Crew, and it had Superman. It has Superman in it, and that's all I remembered about it. And uh, someone actually hunted down the issue for me on Twitter, and uh, it was really awesome. So I actually reconnected with my long lost comic book. Um, but you know, I'm sure I had like a few like Spider-Man books or something here or there. Um, but like I said, I, I really wanted to do animation until I figured out like how much drawing it took to do animation, and I said. You know, this is pre-computer, and this is all hand-drawn stuff at the time, and I thought, I could never do that. Yeah. So I like doing comic strips. Well, so I did my own, but they would be like 50 panels in every page. Like I just, And I would just accidentally make these comic books. You know, I didn't know I was making a comic book. I, just, I thought I was just doing a long comic strip, and, uh, you know, I was, and I was copying – like I liked – you know, Ninja Turtles, uh, yeah. but not like the Mirage ones, like not the cool ones, but the, <laughs> like the Archie ones. Like I was in love with like Archie Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> not many Jim people Lawson. can say that. I still, no. And it's, and I know it's like, it's funny though, but I still like them. I, it's like, yeah. you know, Jim Lawson and uh, Ken uh, Mitch Maroney, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, but they were, an, they had like an animated style and that was what I was drawn to. Mm. 
kind of cartoony quality. And so that's why I like them more than, you know, the, the actual real Ninja Turtle books. Um, until later, obviously, I started looking at that stuff. Um, but uh, when I got into Marvel Comics, um, I want to say, I can't remember exactly where it was, but it was, it was G.I. Joe. <laughs> so like oh, I'm giving you like this is not like your normal like story of like I was super into like the G.I. Joe comics. So I was like, well I like the cartoon. And then I read it, I'm like, oh my gosh, they killed people in these books. And like you could do you could do there was a depth to the to comics that I had never seen before. So I got yeah. in, in like a weird roundabout way. That's like amazing. none of my friends were I know, it's it's amazing and kind of sad at the same time. But then just imagine Imagine like how excited I was when I discovered Spider-Man. I was like, "Oh my gosh, Spider-Man! This is amazing!" And so that that was so Spider-Man was I think my next my next one, and I and I really loved the um, you know I, want, I can't remember the first stuff I came into, but it was probably like Mark Bagley stuff, um, Amazing Spider-Man. And, oh yeah. And so then I so then I and then right around that time, so this is nineties. Um, you know, that's when my comic book stores, like, you know, I started realizing there's comic book stores. You can go back and buy back issues of this stuff. So then I started buying back issues of Spider-Man and I got, you know, back to the McFarlane and, uh, you know, Larson, uh, you know, Venom and Scorpion and, mm. and all that stuff. And I just, I ate it up. I, I love Spider-Man. I bought Spectacular Spider-Man and like all the, the bad Spider-Man stuff, you know, like, <laughs> like. Uh, man, it was the, the name of the rose? Like there was some guy called the. I can't, it's been so long since I've looked at this stuff, but you know, I like Kingpin, and I was like, oh, this is so cool. And then I got, and then I discovered uh, Jim Lee mm. uh, and X Men, and it was like X Men number nine, I think. And I, I remember the cover was Ghost Rider <clears throat> and Wolverine, and I think my head exploded. Like literally, I just was like, this is amazing. And so then. And that had just come out, and so then again I started going back, and and I, you know, that was obviously the the Claremont run with, with Jim Lee and on the the new X Men series. So I missed a lot of like the initial hype and everything like that. You know, there was no, you know, you gotta, for me, like growing up reading comics, like this was this was a bullyable offense. Like mm. I was routinely beat beat up in high school for drawing and writing comics. So it wasn't like there were people like, what, hey, check out the new X Men comic. You know, or whatever. Like I didn't. I was just finding out about this stuff on accident. Yeah. I had yeah. a friend of mine, and me and another friend of mine, and we were like the two, you know, like nerdy kids that just loved to read comics. You know, before mm-hmm. it was cool, or whatever. And so <laughs> we would draw our comics, you know, based off of those comics, and, you know, and and on a more like professional level, that's where I started learning, teaching myself, like you know, the, the quote unquote language of comics. You know, so I was, and I was tracing and copying all of this stuff. You know, but I was doing like I would make. I had my own characters that I had created over the years. I would just, you know, redraw them in Jim Lee's post or whatever, you know, which I'm sure like a lot of, a lot of kids were doing then. Of course. Um, so all that kind of stuff, um, the Punisher, um, uh, and so, you know, that, that was the kind of the Marvel stuff that I was, I was really into for a long time. And then, uh, and then image came out and I was, I was right there with, with the millions of fans going in and buying. I didn't buy, buy the foil covers or anything, but I was, <laughs> I was totally swept up in it all, you know? So I was part of the downfall of the comic books. <laughs> it was then. all so your fault. I it was, it really was. I was, I, 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 I don't deserve, uh, I don't deserve to be working in this industry, but so I'm, <laughs> I'm a total fraud. I'm sorry, people. <laughs> but, but I mean, you know, it's weird because, I, you know, I learn a lot 
I mean, there's just a lot of comics, you know, there's a lot of great comics. And, you know, I even started when I worked at the comic book store, um, I got a job there. I, I, you know, I ordered comics, I called diamond, you know, I did the pulls and I did all that stuff. And it was a comic, it was, it was called Pulp Fiction and it was a, it was a coffee shop and a comic book store. Mm. So it was primarily the owner's, the owner's mom was like a romance novelist. And so she bought it. And so they had regular books. It was like a mini, you know, Barnes and Noble or Borders, you know, like before those were really bound. Yeah, it was just kind of this unique little thing. Yeah. And I was in charge of the comics. And then my boss found out one day, uh, I, can't remember, I can't remember how it came up, but but I had never read Dark Knight Returns or something like that. Oh. Someone, someone asked, so he, had them all, he, he had them all up on the wall, you know, like, you know, up high and yeah. they were expensive and, and and somehow it came up and I, and he's like, you never read that? I said, no. And so he started pointing to the ones he had on the wall and, and it was like first appearance of Wolverine and Hulk, you know, and, wow. you know, all these, you know, these important, you know, moments in, in comics. And he's like, you've never read any of these. I said, no, I've never read it. And so he goes, he goes, you, you have to come in on Saturday, which was, you know, a death sentence. I was like, no, I don't want to come in on Saturday. But <laughs> he's, and he's like, and he said, you know, punch it on the clock. And I was like, all right. And so I came in that Saturday and, and literally he wasn't there. He left a note or something and, and a stack of these books. And these, and basically he paid me to read comics and drink coffee, <laughs> you know, giant, you know, coffee shop cookies or whatever, you know? That's and so I, I literally, I paid, I got paid to read like dark Knight returns and, you know, and all this stuff. And I was like, it was so cool. And, you know, so again, it's like, just, this is, this is pre, you know, like internet stuff. Like, so it was hard to like find out about this stuff unless someone just told you. And so, you know, that was kind of how I got into this, this crazy uh, industry. And, and, and I'm still, I'm still going back and reading stuff. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's been a while, but you know, like I, <laughs> I remember I called up Pete one time and I'm like, have you ever read Batman year one? Oh my gosh, it's amazing. <laughs> Cause see, that's the great thing about working in, you know, DC is awesome. The best thing about, you know, not the best thing, but one of the great things about working in DC is they send you uh, the trades, you know, the, the collections. And oh, so wow. every month, you know, I get a box of comics. And I don't know what, I don't know, at some point, you know, years ago, they had, they had put out, you know, year one for the millionth time. And I was like, and I was like, oh, I'm going to read this. I had no <laughs> idea what it was. No one had ever told me. You should read, you know, I'd read Mazzuccelli stuff because I'd read Born Again, uh, Born Again for Daredevil. So yeah. I, I knew the name. But I was like, oh, I think that was probably the reason I read. It. I'm like, oh yeah, I know this guy did, you know. So I'm just, I'm, I'm just an idiot, basically. And I'm like, and then I call him up, and I'm like, Pete, have you ever read your one? This is awesome. What is this, you know? And he's just, he just sighs, and he's just like, oh my gosh, Pat, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, this is great. I love it. So that's you funny. know, it's funny. It's it's sad at the same time. I think I think that like an an element of that is is really good though because you know especially. Like I, I think that sometimes people who are uh, going in and, and approaching these characters almost know them a little too well, you know, and and well enough that like it's hard for them to step outside of what they know uh, already existing of that character. Or sometimes they stay a little bit too too true to things, or even um, you know, I guess hold things up in high regard that that maybe today aren't quite of the same sensibility storytelling wise. Um, and, and so I think there's something to be said about being more fresh with, uh, with a lot of those books. Yeah. I mean, and it, it, it's kind of one of those things where if you, 
if you don't know any better, you're just going to kind of it, you're almost fulfilling what that what that creative team wanted, which is like you know your imagination's just kind of going, you know. So if I had like a basic idea of Batman, but I never I didn't read every Batman story, you know, or, you know, or whatever, and I'm just kind of going with like that real basic idea of Batman, then I'm going to have that freedom to kind of put my own spin on it and. You know, no one told me that that's the wrong way or someone else already did it that way or whatever. So you're you're kind of branching off into your own – you're kind of making your own path in a weird way because and, – and I remember I told people, you know, I didn't want to read certain books at the time, um, like certain artists that I really liked, you know, because I didn't – I didn't want to just emulate them, you know. Like I, I kind of wanted to just feel my way, you know, through, through this stuff and kind of let the – you know, not, not to get too artsy sounding, but really just kind of <laughs> let the art take over, and, you know, let, let it guide me. Yeah. And same with the writing, same with the writing too. You know, I, if, if there's, there's so many great artists, so many great writers, so many great stories. And, you know, there are guys like, like Jeff Johns who, who knows these stories. Uh, he knows them inside and out and, yeah. you know, minor, minor characters. And, and, you know, he can, he can weave and, and create a whole tapestry out of this stuff. Me, I just my brain hurts, and I just I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't see straight, you know. So it's like it's more. That's where I rely on editors or Pete, you know, to say, hey, you know, let's do this, and then he'll say, well, actually, we did that, you know, we've seen that already in this, or I say, okay, and you know, or he'll just say, that's a terrible idea. No one's ever done that. I said, perfect, let's do that. Yeah, you know. So, but uh, you know, I mean, and kind of even with Superman and how we've been doing Superman, you know, that was something uh, almost in the opposite though the opposite way because for me when they asked me to come on i i told them i you know i said I, if i'm going to come on this i want to i want to i want to do superman um you know like as as people are familiar with him again mm-hmm. you know and and you know and, and just kind of that the hope and the optimism and all that stuff yeah and you know which was met with actually quite surprisingly a lot of resistance uh you know and but I, you know, again, I was just like, that's, that's just what I want to see, you know, and, and, you know, hoping that's what other people want to see too. And, you know, and, and not just, you know, I, I'd heard people say that, you know, and, and so I felt pretty confident that's, that's the kind of Superman that we need right now. Yeah. And so in that, in that regard, I was able to kind of say, Hey, let's, you know, me, me and Pete and, and Doug, you know, we all kind of came together and came to that same conclusion. Like, let's actually do something that we've seen before because we haven't seen it in so long. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I like I, I will say that is that was probably uh, for me, that was kind of the um, the signal of what sort of what I could expect from Rebirth when it was launched was reading those pages, you know, that Rebirth issue of Superman uh, and just seeing the I don't know, just the optimism flow through. I mean, the the way that you illustrate it, the obviously the way that it's written and just like even I mean, every detail about it, it just sort of bleeds that classic superman optimism but at the same time we're looking at this story that's that is a pretty fresh take for superman i mean he's you know he's got a kid they're sort of in a new world they're you know not in smallville like all these different elements um and i think yeah like it was it was well past time to sort of have uh an optimistic and and hopeful superman for sure um, yeah, yeah, and I mean, you hit the nail on the head exactly. That's exactly it because it was—it's the perfect time, you know. It, you know, I told him, you know, when we came in, you know, it, I said it's—it's, it's, you know, part well, part of what they told us is we wanted—they wanted them to feel familiar, which I agreed with, mm-hmm. um, but they wanted to be fresh too, and I, you know, that was the element of, you know, the Dan 
Jurgens and the Greeks established with John and, and Lois and the family kind of thing. And, you know, we felt like that was really interesting, especially coming from, you know, a family kind of background uh, with Batman and Robin. You know, Pete and I felt really strong and like, hey, you know, we really enjoyed the father-son relationship that we got to explore with Batman and Robin. Yeah. So here's a chance to do something really similar, but in a totally different way. And, and to kind of do the, you know, the, go back to the kind of the classic, you know, Superman tropes, but to see them in a different way, you know, with this new filter, this new filter around it, which is his family. And for me, it really became about how, for me, John, John is really important because it really became about how we see Superman, you know, kind of through his eyes, you know, and how I see Superman and, and it's a lot of the classic stuff, you know, it's, it's, it's stuff that, you know, I didn't, you know, this, we're not the first person to do, you know, the shirt poles and the standing in front of the flag and the smiling and, and all that kind of stuff. We're not, mm-hmm. but it's like, we're, we're, he's the context of, of this day and age that he's in and of the, the struggle and, and the challenges that we face now, like that stuff is more relevant and needed, I would argue now than, than, than before. So yeah, no. We, you know, we we were able to we were able to explore that, and and it didn't feel redundant because now we have new elements, you know. And, and it's not just about Superman doing the right thing; it's Superman doing the right thing, you know, with a kid watching him, <laughs> you know, and like, you know what I mean? Like any, anyone who's a parent, you know, would know. Like, it's real easy to have an opinion about something until you got to back it up in front of your kid and be like. You know, like just the other day, my kids I said, you know, don't do this. And they're like, well, you do this. I'm like, dang it. You know, you're right. You know, so it's like that kind of the challenge of Superman has just got even harder, you know. So you have to explain yourself more. And, you know, you have to be really sure about what you believe. Uh, and, and that's, you know, I think that's interesting to Superman. That brings that humanity back to him. Absolutely. Yeah. And I like one of the things and I, I have. I have a bunch of like questions that kind of branch off of this one little discussion here. Uh, but one of the things yeah. that I'm wondering is, you know, a lot of people uh, view Superman as, you know, kind of this boring sort of Boy Scout character, um, you know, where I think that some people sort of devalue him because he's an altruistic guy. Uh, and some people, you know, like for me, I view that as, as almost one of the most interesting things you can have as a, with a character is somebody who no matter what is still going to do their best to act altruistically. Um, because that's, that itself creates conflict, but I, I'm curious for you, like, what do you think, uh, what do you think people sort of misconstrue or, or like, how do you think that people get, uh, get it wrong with Superman? And what do you think that you guys do that sort of, uh, changes that? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, yeah, I, oh man, oh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I guess the thing that I... I, I can only I can speak a bit more like you know cr- on a, the creative side yeah. you know um, like and the, you know what his suit is a perfect example you know the the idea when I first came on they asked me to design a suit and they wanted it to be similar to the the movie the Man of Steel movie which you know so, so they wanted the specific thing they asked for they, was they wanted it darker mm. um, and so you know as a as a graphic artist mindset you're thinking you're always thinking well what are they really asking for you know. You know, and what they're really asking for is they want him to be look. They want his suit to look cooler. You know, like they don't want the trunks anymore. So you know, because the trunks are, you know, I don't, I don't. No one ever told me this, but you know, you know, you get the sense that the trunks just aren't cool. They don't make sense. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think part of 
for me, when you try and make Superman quote unquote cool or modern or you know, when you try and make him a different character, mm-hmm. then he stops being he stops being Superman because part of being Superman in my mind is he is this character that is kind of naive and he is kind of um, kind of not goofy, but you know, just a little, a little out of step with, with the norm, you know, and the norm of the superheroes around him. And, you know, he, he is kind of a joke. <laughs> I mean, I hate saying that. I hate saying that because he's not, he's a joke in the sense that he's, ta- he's big enough to take it. It doesn't bother him Yeah. because, you know, and Batman is a perfect example of, you know, the four of Superman, you know, and that, and that, that conflict of, of world because super, you know, when all else fails, we all know Superman is going to be there to save the day. You yeah. know, even when Batman can't quite pull it off, even though Superman's, you know, not the coolest, you know, kind of guy or whatever, he doesn't do it the way everyone else thinks he should do it. He's going to just stand for what's right. You know, and I think, which was what some of the like Captain America stuff in the movies was, you know, I was watching that and I would just say, those are. Like that is Superman. Like yeah. the, the Captain America in the movies is that's Superman. He's he's a little, you know, he's a little out of step with normal people around him. But he's always in a, you can always trust him, mm-hmm. and you can always, uh, you know, count on him to do what's right. You know, and and I mean, and they were basically just doing you know what what Superman was always doing. And so I think you know, getting back to like the Chris Reeves like era, you know, and that kind of stuff. Like that's Superman. Like he's just he's he's charming. He's you know, he's, he's kind of funny, you know, in a weird way. He's, he doesn't care what you think about him. You yeah. know, he just knows what's right and he's going to do it and he's strong enough to do it. And, you know, that was one thing too. I told him, you know, when going back to the suit design, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted, to, I told him, I said, it's gotta be trustworthy. You have to look at this and people have to recognize it's Superman and immediately trust that this is Superman again. Yeah. And, and I think we were pretty successful at that, you know, I think, you know, the, the first version went through a little bit of changes and, and there was some back and forth on that. But, but I think I'm really happy with where we we've been landed um, suit wise right now. But, you know, that's just an extension of of the character and, and how people um, how people want to see him, I guess. If that, yeah, if that makes sense. Totally. Um, so I don't, I don't know if I really answered your question. I could no, kind of get rambling. On, <laughs> no, you're good. I, <laughs> I enjoyed that a lot. I'm, I'm curious. uh what what played into the decision to uh, redesign Superman's suit again in the uh, Superman Reborn arc? Was that something that you guys had kind of like decided on early on that you might want to move further away from the movie costume at some point, or what was the thinking behind that? Um, oh man, I hope I don't get trouble for this. I don't know. <laughs> Originally, they wanted to move towards the Superman movie costume, so like I said, they wanted it to be darker, um, and. I I always pushed to just go back to the classic suit. I just I wanted trunks back, and uh, you know I wanted the gold gold belt, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. And um, they weren't having it. They wanted to modernize it a little bit. I think you know again, it's like I think the trunks became, for some reason you know you're either for trunks or against trunks, and it's I can I can honestly see both sides of the argument. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then it gets down to aesthetics. Um, and when you're designing, you know, such an iconic suit that everyone's familiar with, you know, it's, it's pretty perfect already. You don't want to change it up, but there are certain rules 
uh, you know, visually that you want to maintain. So the first suit that we did for uh, Rebirth number one, um, we gave, you know, he had cuffs uh, on his forearms and that was, that was to kind of go with the Man of Steel look. So that was something yeah. they asked for, um, which I didn't, I didn't hate. I, I liked them. If they were colored a certain way, I, I think they worked. Mm-hmm. If they were just, if they, if they were a little more subtle, I think they worked. I didn't like if they were really big metal looking cuffs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, um, and then the belt, you know, that was kind of a, a mix because I know Jim Lee, um, you know, had definitely had some ideas. And again, it's like a Jim Lee fan, you know, like, as I mentioned before, the X-Men, you know, there's a part of me that is extremely like, like nerding out, like, Oh my gosh, like Jim Lee's, <laughs> you know, like I'm kind of designing a Superman suit with Jim Lee. Like, this is amazing, you know? And so, you know, that belt was, was his, uh, I think his part of his design, there was an initial design I, I, that I remember he's that I, that we saw where, uh, he had the collar, uh-huh. Uh, it was so basically Jim Lee's version was like it had a collar and I think it kind of had like it reminded me of the Superman was it one million or one thousand I can't remember yeah you know, one million the, the Grant Morrison this, thing yeah it kind of looked like that and you know again like I, I felt really strong it was hard for me to do this but you know I felt, to say hey I think we should change this Jim Lee <laughs> you know this is great boss but you know, I felt again it, for me it was really important to have a suit that people trusted. Like they saw it, especially with like New Fifty Two, and and the, you know at the time you know we, New Fifty Two Superman had just died, yeah. so there was this whole question of is this the real Superman? And, and we just we didn't want it to be a debate. We just wanted people to know this was Superman. And so, you know, I said, hey, let's just keep him Superman as possible. You know, in the chest and symbol and all that. And you know, the belt the belt worked with that look too, and the belt. Or, and the boots. Mm-hmm. Uh, the boots were blue. I, that was the other thing Jim and the the blue boots with the red trim. So it all it all worked together. I think pretty well for that first arc. And then I think as we went into it, um, then there became more of a story reason to change his suit, which was yeah. um, to combine uh, the new Fifty Two Superman and, and the Rebirth Superman into into one Superman. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, if, if people were reading it, uh, you know, our, the rebirth Superman was, was the represented by the blue energy and the, and the new 52 Superman was the red energy. And so it was the idea like, well, let's add some more red to his costume. When we when we stick them all together, you know, we bring the red boots back and then it was, then became the discussion of, and you know, the red trunks too, you know, Hey guys, <laughs> perfect chance to bring red trunks in. And, uh, and that was kind of there was a lot of back and forth and a lot of really like goodwill was spent on, on my end, like, because I was probably annoying my editors deeply. Um, I think in the, in the end though, I'm, I'm actually, I, I like what we came up with. Uh, you know, they didn't want a red trunk, but they, we all agreed we wanted some red to break up the blue. Mm. And so it was just a matter of getting this belt to do, to do the a job visually where it's, there's a, it wasn't just a red belt, but it's, kind of like a i don't really know what it is i mean it is a red belt um yeah but it's kind of got that gold in there and it's your belt and right and that was the other thing too i said we've got to have the more gold in there um and so again it was just it was kind of everyone just kind of pitched in and you know went back and forth until we came up with what we have which i'm really happy with i think i think it's a good compromise i think the trunk people are like oh i didn't get my trunks but i still like it (laughs) you know And, and so i think I think I'm, I'm happy with, it. I like it a lot and it looks like Superman, you know, and totally. And that's, 
you know, that's just kind of what we wanted really at the end of the day. We, we don't want it to be about this. Suit. I mean, you know, if you're on the writing side, you know, your, your character suit is you know, secondary to the character. The suit just becomes representation of, of that, that character that you're writing, which is why everyone loved, you know, that Superman with the red trunks because they associated it with a certain style of writing on Superman. And so, you know, we just kind of trying to do, do the writing that in a certain way, um, to, to attach itself to the suit that we have. And, and I think so far it's working. So people yeah. seem to be pretty happy. No, I, I, I love that design. I mean, that's, that's the, the current design, the Superman reborn design or whatever, uh, is probably my favorite design of Superman that I, maybe that I've ever cool. seen. I don't know. Oh, thanks. No problem. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> it's, it's definitely got a, it's got a, it has that cool factor, even though I just got done by saying we should, Superman should be cool. It is kind of, <laughs> like, it's definitely cooler. Yeah, it's so. it's cool in like a classic way. I think it's 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 the best of both yeah. worlds. Yeah. Um. So one thing I'm curious about is you've been you've been at DC, you know, consistently, basically over the course of kind of three different eras. Um. You know, you when you were doing the stuff with Jeff Johns on and uh, Pete on Green Lanterns, it was you know kind of the 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 later end of the post crisis pre New Fifty Two uh, era when you know during that time when they're bringing back Hal Jordan and, and Barry Allen and all that. Uh, and then, you know, stayed through with the new 52 all the way into like the DCYOU kind of stuff. And then rebirth. Uh, what for you has been kind of like the, as far as creatively and just from your end, like has there been a, a big noticeable difference between those sort of three phases or has it been kind of the same for you? You mean as far as how I'm approaching it or uh, in terms of like, I, I think just sort of, I guess, uh, whether it's editorial mandate or, you know, kind of like uh, your freedom or if there's any types of uh, just feelings like oh. coming from approaching the books, um, things like that. Right. Well, uh, you know, like I said, I mean, I, I think I've, I've been pretty fortunate to work on books where I've had a lot of editorial freedom. Like, I, I, I feel like I've kind of become the guy when there's a book that's like could be cool. They bring us in, <laughs> you know, and it's like, did we, then we do our little thing and, and, and we, we just kind of put our spin on it and people tend to like it. You know, I think, you know, with Green Lantern, you know, that era, I mean, when you put it that way, that makes me feel like, like, wow, you're right. That is cool. I, I never <laughs> really think about it that, like that, you know, I, again, I feel super fortunate to be grateful, you know, I mean, just that fans let me keep doing these books, yeah. keep buying them and reading. That's cool, man. I, 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 I do my dream job every day. And, uh, you know, I, I, so, you know, the Green Lantern stuff, you know, that was a really special time because, you know, it was, it was that, it was Green Lantern rebirth, you know? Yeah. And so there is kind of a rebirth a lot of this, but that was, you know, that was it. You know, and Jeff was really, you know, it was, it was just a really cool time to be associated with, with those books. And, uh, I think the, the thing that I liked about those was, there was a lot of potential for new and unknown comics uh, as far as characters and direction. You know, you had, you know, the Green Lantern stuff come in and everyone knew the Green Lantern tour, but then we introduced the core again and, and we got new characters and that was cool. And so people, I always, I always think when people are given the chance for their imagination to kind of play a part of the, in the stories, that that's when comics and movies or TV or whatever is at their best, mm-hmm. you know? And so there was a lot of like, you know, which Jeff is a master of, you know, which, you know, it's like, Hey, guess what? You want green? Well, there's also red, yellow, 
and all the other the rest of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah. And then and then what that does is everyone goes, Whoa. Like my mind is blown. Because then you just start imagining, well, what does that mean? And yeah. And then it's, you know, Jeff then it's like, hey, what happens if you give a blue ring to you know Superman or a yellow ring to Batman? And then everyone goes, Whoa, I want to see that. What would happen? You know? <laughs> and that's like that's like group participation, you know, and like that's super fun. That's like that's like James jamming on a stage with the crowd with you, you know? And so yeah. creatively, creatively <laughs> that momentum is, is driving you. And now, you know, I'm drawing characters and I'm thinking, oh, people are going to love this or they're going to really think crib is disgusting, you know, like, like where do you see this or, you know, whatever. And, and then you, so does that, you know, and, and editorially, if fans are happy, then they're happy. Usually, you know, editorial, uh, depending on who and when, you know, there's different, there are times where they, a good editor knows when to back off and just let you do your thing. Um, and then they also, a good editor also knows when to step in and say, Hey, you know, why don't we try this? Um, you know, so I think we had a lot of freedom, uh, on, on the Green Lantern stuff and, and Aquaman too, which I don't know if that was like an era, but yeah. it was very similar. Um, and then when Batman and Robin came along, you know, we're following up, you know, Frank Grant, and it's yeah. like, how do you fill these shoes? Because that's awesome. I can't believe, you know, I mean, when, when when we came onto that book, that was a really special, cool title, like just kind of a weird out of left field book. And it's like, you guys keep keep it going. We're yeah. Like, um, OK. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> and with this new element of of this character named Damian Wayne and, you know, who no one you know, people were just kind of being introduced to, well, I guess he'd been around a little while, but, you know, he's taking a more prominent role. Yeah, and the fans and, had not warmed uh, up to and, him quite yet either. Oh, no, I, I didn't either. I hated, I, I literally <laughs> hated him. I'm like, I hate this kid. This kid is obnoxious and awful. And, you know, I guess that's the point. Like, you know, thank goodness we have Dick Grayson as Batman, because I love Dick Grayson. You yeah. know, so we're able to do all that. But then, you know, once once we got into Batman and Robin, and we knew, so we knew, we knew Damien was going to die. I, initially that was the plan at the beginning Grant was going to kill him off and so mm. uh, for us Pete and I's conversation became well how do we take this character that no one likes and if they're going to kill him off and no one's going to care that would be really that would that wouldn't be fun yeah like that wouldn't be good comics so uh, like let's do something really weird and let's make this character like let's give him some heart and let's let's get people rooting for him and really like caring about him and so that when he dies people it, it, it means something you know it affects something you know not that grand story would have done that anyway but we you know on our book because they were doing uh, batman incorporated mm -hmm. you know on our book that was our that we're just looking at it as our job so what is our job on this book and so uh mike martz is our editor on that um and then later it was rachel gluckster and uh they were all very they're very in on that they always thought that was cool so they so pete and i really kind of adopted damien and got to do what we wanted to do with them until they killed him. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we were able to do the silent issue, the silent issue. And, oh. and, you know, I think that kind of surprised a lot of people. Yes. Yeah. I, I was just about to say the way that you guys approached being the creators of Batman and Robin after Robin died, uh, was incredible. I mean, the silent issue was uh, completely stunning. Uh, but then that entire arc, you know, with, with Bruce and, and with Two-Face, like all of, all of that stuff, it was just so like yeah. awesome and refreshing, uh, to see just such like great emotional storytelling. It was incredible. Um, and, oh, uh, thanks. Yeah. I mean, it was a great time to read Batman, you know? 
had Scott and Scott and Greg doing their book, and and we were able to do ours. And and uh, yeah, when we did that <laughs> that silent issue, going back to GI Joe again, it all goes back <laughs> to GI Joe. I think. But there was a the this great the silent issue of GI Joe, and uh, and when we started Batman, I told Pete, I said, I don't know where when, but uh, I want I want to do. We want, I want to do a silent Batman issue. And so we, from the beginning, we knew we were going to do one. We just didn't know where. And, and when we came up to that point in the story, we both knew. We're like, you know what? You know, because I was thinking it'd be silent Batman, you know, like ninja style, you know, lurking and sneaking around yeah. and doing action. But when we came to that, we're like, wow, this, that would be really serve the story and, and really – you know, because we because we, we couldn't think like, well, what do you want to say? You know, you just killed the, you know, you just killed off Batman's son. Like, what is there to say? And, mm-hmm. and it became really clear that it should just be that silent issue, and and that's when that's how we ended up doing that one. That's and people so cool. still come up, they're like, I cried reading that comic, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's that's amazing because that's to me that means the world. It's like I'm doing this book, like I hope all my art and whatever writing whatever, my my goal is to to get an emotion out of someone, you know, whether they're laughing or crying or whatever, that's really, really the goal. So when people still come up to me and say that they cry reading that, I'm like, wow, thanks. You know, that means a lot. So yeah, no, that was, you you guys, you guys knocked it out of the park on, on that issue and that entire run. I mean, it just, it was, it was such awesome storytelling. Um, they actually put an omnibus out this year. Robin omnibus, uh, maybe not Hell yeah! I've I've been I've been waiting for a a Gleason and Tomasi omnibus of Batman and Robin for so long because it's like I have a bunch of like single issues and then like one hardcover and like one trade paperback. Yeah. You know, it's like this weird thing. I just want like a nice yeah. clean omnibus to to put on my shelf. That's awesome. Oh man, you and me both. Believe me, this will be my first one, and I'm like I'm so excited. Like I'm I'm like oh because I've got. My my Green Lantern. I've been, you know, I've had like a few issues in like Jeff's, you know, the Green Lantern ones. You know, but yeah, this yeah. is just going to be you know, mostly sorry, me and me and Pete. Yeah, and now we've, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll get a Green Lantern one after this or something, and maybe then a Superman someday. I don't know. We'll see. That'd be fantastic, <laughs> man. I, uh, I I can't wait to put that Batman and Robin omnibus next to my. Uh, I have a Jeff Johns Teen Titans omnibus, that giant like fifty issue run or whatever. Um, and oh yeah. Because that that was like the first comic that I had ever read that uh, that brought me like into comics was was it was like the third issue of Jeff Johns Teen Titans or something, um, and so it's like there's there's those runs every once in a while that I'm like okay like this was you know game changing where I'm like I need this in like a giant just a fat unwieldy book. <laughs> <laughs> it deserves it. Yes, exactly. Totally. No, I mean they're great. I mean what a great time to be reading comics and stuff. Oh, totally, man. It's just cool to have this. Those, or the artist editions. I mean, just there's just so many cool versions of this stuff, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, I, one thing I, I was I was curious, and you know, I, you've been super generous with your time. We're kind of getting you know near the end here, and I want to thank you for for sticking around. Um, but well, you... I've actually got half a cover inked in this time we've been talking. So. Hey, there <laughs> we I'm go. Multitasking, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I appreciate it. I, I figure most of the time when we're talking to artists, they're probably uh, they're probably going away on something. I was talking to Andrew McLean a couple days ago. He does the Headlopper comic, and he was doing the same thing, just kind of oh, drawing yeah. away. Um, I just picked up. I just picked up an uh, issue of that. Dude, such yeah. a good comic. Yeah, I mean, we don't know what we don't know what to do. We, you know, we just are fidgeters by nature. <laughs> if, you're sit, if you're sitting somewhere, you better be working. There's always 
there's always a deadline. So. Yeah, man. I, I have tons of friends who are uh, storyboard artists and like they'll also have like their web comics or something like that on the side. And so it's funny because we'll go out to a bar or we'll do something like that. And all of them are just like sitting there with their sketchbooks. Uh, and I'm I'm like a dabbler is yeah. the most I could ever say. <laughs> But it's like because of that, I'm always bringing my sketchbook uh-huh. with me everywhere because it's like, well, I feel left out if I'm surrounded by like five people yeah. who are all sketching and I'm not. So, uh, oh, no, that's great. See, everyone, everyone should have a sketchbook. Totally. No, it's it's awesome stuff and it helps with like writing and stuff. I, I, I love it. Um, but I'm, I'm curious, you, you know, you've, you're kind of against the grain with a lot of comic artists uh, in, in a few different ways. I mean, one of those ways is is obviously you've been doing traditional you know pencil and ink uh pretty much your whole career and and haven't really like strayed away from that too much toward digital is there is there a reason for that or yeah i, I have no time i i literally i'm sitting next to a, a like a giant like wacom like 24 inch monitor thing here <laughs> that i barely used i barely used it and uh and I, it's there's there's a lot of there's just not a lot of time to, for me, in my experience, mm-hmm. to sit down and try, try new things. I mean, I'll try them, but not enough to get confident to say, "Hey, I want to put this in print somewhere." Um, you know, I'll do. I'm also I have a family, you know, so it's like my, yeah. you know, if I was, if that, if certain certain circumstances were different, uh, you know, I would love to, I would love to learn digital uh, things like that. But I'm also enjoying learning, you know, I'm still learning traditional stuff too. You know, it's like, I, I haven't gotten to the point where I'm bored with, with the, any of this stuff yet. I still feel like, uh, you know, there's a lot I could learn and, and, you know, I've be in a weird, strange roundabout way. I've become friends with, uh, with Lee Weeks and he's mm-hmm. a great artist and writer. And, uh, and he's, he's just, he's, he's a master of like traditional inking and things like that. And, and our styles are so different. Like I, I don't even like put myself anywhere near his, uh, his level or anything like that. But, you know, I enjoy just talking to him, you know, and seeing, you know, his process. And, and so yeah. as much as I would love to do digital stuff, I, I probably should learn. I, I should, but you know, I'm, I'm much more like I grab whatever is closest to me and I just try and make some art out of it. Yeah. Like I will use a crayon. I will use a cruddy old, you know, a toothbrush to like splatter stuff and, uh-huh. you know, or, you know, just anything. I don't care. It doesn't matter. And I'm just, I, if I, if I sit down and I have to like back up files and stuff, then the spontaneity is gone, you know, and I, mm-hmm. I just I lose it. But, um, you know, someday maybe I, I probably should. Um, <laughs> I, I think it would be, but the only problem is, see, this is the other thing too. And I have a lot of friends, uh, that, you know, we talk about this, like, like Jay, uh, Jason Fabok, uh, mm. a friend of mine and, you know, he works, he works digitally, uh, for the most part. And, uh, you know, one of the things that a digital artist doesn't get, have is physical art at the yeah. end of the day. Pages and, to sell and all that and, stuff. you know, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, obviously, yeah, you know, you make part of your living selling artwork. Yeah. Uh, but you also, you know, I also want to keep stuff, you know, I, I have stuff I will, I'll never sell, you know, that, that I'll give to my kids someday or, you know hopefully and yeah. uh, hopefully they won't just hate it and be like whatever <laughs> but uh you know so there's it, it's kind of a it, it's a, it's a you know times always change mm-hmm. technology changes and i never want to be one of those guys that just says i'll never change i'll never do this um so i just i tend to just kind of go with the flow so if i if i need to do something digitally or i can learn it you know i'll do it so like i do i actually do some digital coloring um 
for mock-ups for um, for like cover art or things like that. So like I'll send that to to my colorist, uh, John Kalis, and I'll say, hey, you know, this is what I'm thinking. Can you do something like this? So I'll use it in that sense. But um, generally, it's you know I like the more traditional, you know, get your hands kind of dirty, kind of feel stuff. You know. Yeah. I actually I have I've never used I've never used like tone stuff uh, like Zipatone or like like that kind of stuff. And I was actually just. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe I've never tried this stuff. So I'm, I'm ordering a bunch of it just to mess around with, just to see if I can make it work. And, and <laughs> you know, what, like or like uh, Dustin, you know, when you know he does with oh, great yeah. water. It's like this. It's like this. There's a quality to it that's just that's something special. And you know, I mean, you can't you can't really people appreciate it. I think I think you can kind of appreciate it. But yeah, absolutely. I, I never said never say never never say never. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, 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 I think that's awesome. And I mean, it's always fun just like being able to explore those sort of new, uh, new methods and, and things like that. Um, and you mentioned, you mentioned Lee Weeks and I just wanted to ask really quick, have you read the, uh, the Batman and Elmer Fudd crossover that just, uh, came out? Uh, I have it on, I have it on reserve. So oh. <laughs> sorry, no, I called my comic store and I had him reserve it. I'm like, you guys got to reserve this. And I sounded like an idiot. They're like, okay, Pat, they know me. So, uh. No, and, and Lee, that's so, that's so terrible. Please, so please, for the love of God, cut that out. No, I'm keeping that in for no, sure. I, uh, oh, no. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so I, but Lee, Lee's been texting me since he's been working on it. So he'll text me shots and be like, hey, you know, what do you think of this? And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, this is blowing my mind. And dude. I called, uh, or te- I texted Tom King, and I'm like, dude, like if, if the stuff I'm seeing from Lee is – any indication this is you guys have an amazing monster of a book on your hands like and with your writing it and lee drawing it like it's gonna be great i know it so i haven't actually read it yet i just i did it come out today yeah it just it just as we're recording this i think let's see as the episode's released it'll probably be last week but uh but yeah as we're recording this it came out today it like it's just picture perfect. By the time this comes out, I will have read it. Yes. Sweet. Yes. So you can head over. You can head over to Patrick yeah. Gleason's uh, Twitter at uh, Patrick underscore Gleason to find out what his thoughts were. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so good. It starts out with like a classic like uh, uh, Neil Adams splash page with all the credits and stuff like that on the front, um, and yeah. just goes into like this weird level of like insanity. Um, yeah. it's, it's I see. I saw the preview. So I mean, the 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 feel of everything is just. It's so good. It's it's got to be its own spinoff series now. They've yeah. Gotta, I if, would, it, if it's an indication, like but I know Lee loved it. Yeah. No, that was a fun book to read. Um. And so, uh, you know, kind of going back to to what we were talking about before, another way that that kind of feels, you know, uh, oddly, I guess, because of sort of the the time we're living in in comics, it feels a little against the grain. Is that you've you know, like we've been talking about, you've stayed at DC basically for, you know, almost 15 years now, ever since Aquaman, pretty much, uh, where, you know, where we're kind of in a time where a lot of creators sort of, you know, uh, jump between DC and doing like an image or creator owned book or, you know, jump kind of back and forth between DC and Marvel. Uh, what is it that's, that's kept you at DC? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, I, you know, I, I really, it, it sounds it sounds kind of uh, you know cliche, but I, I like I like working for DC. I think they're the people there. Um, you know, the unsung heroes at DC and the people behind the scenes are mm. are you know for the most part you know that I in my experience have been really gracious, generous, kind, comic loving you know people that that like having me around. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like of course I, I'm I'm happy to work for you guys. Um, yeah, and you know they. 
there's never come a point where I've gone, boy, I'm just really bored with DC and I don't ever want to do this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they've kept me busy um, and they've, they've given me great opportunities and, you know, they've let me make my mark on, on comics and in my, something that I can be proud of at the end of the day. And hopefully they are too. Um, that's not to say I wouldn't enjoy at some point working, you know, for Marvel. Actually, my first book was uh, my first comic that I ever did was Marvel. Mm. It was an X Men, an issue of X Men Unlimited, but Brian K. Vaughn wrote it. He's he got me in to, to do the art. <laughs> there you that. go. So that was my that was my first and last book. Um, and like I said, um, I actually just got to go see a a, a preview of uh, Spider Man Homecoming. So it's like, mm. you know, if if you know someday. You know, I still love to do Spider-Man, but, uh, you know, I mean, DC has been, been really, really great. I mean, there's just so much to, you know, like you, like you said before, you know, there's different eras and different characters and corners of DC and the DCU. And, and, uh, you know, I've, I've, I, I, they're all so different, you know, and there's, there's a lot of variety, which for me is important. I, I don't, I don't want to get bored or, you know, feel stuck like doing the same thing. And I never, and I, I don't, you know. Uh, places, you know, I, mean, you know you, I guess there are times where you think, you know, well, after you've done Batman, what's, what do you do next? And you know, I think Superman. Okay. And then boom, lo and behold, you get to do Superman. So <laughs> you know, they're always, there, there's always, seems like there's, they've been uh, accommodating to, to let me do, do different things and try different things. Yeah. You know, very, I've, and let's face it, you know, I've, I've made a good living working for them. You know, I, I have, like I said, I have a family I support, uh, you know, this job you know, supports and I've been doing it for, you said 15 years. Holy cow. I can't believe it's been that long, but that's crazy. Okay, 15 years, you know, and, and it's been, yeah. And like I said, I mean, this is my dream job. This is like, I, you know, I, I worked construction a little bit. I did, uh, you know, I made pizzas for a while. <laughs> I worked comic book store for a while. And then I started, then I started drawing comics and then I started writing comics and, you know, this is just what I, I enjoy doing. And, and, you know, I'm happy to, I'm happy to work for him yeah. for sure. No. And it, it seems like it's, and, it's and get, go ahead. I was just going to say too, the, you know, the other big component is the people that are buying the books and fans. I mean, you know, DC, let's face it, DC wouldn't hire me if people weren't buying stuff that I put out. So, you know, people seem to be happy with it. And I, and I like, I like making people happy, you know, working on these books and, yeah. And so again, a huge thank you for the people that have, have followed me this long. I mean, it it's always kills me because people are like, man, I, I've read your stuff since, you know, Batman and Robin or brightest day or like hero. Wow. I, I did like two issues of hero one time with will and, and like, or I did the justice league, uh, welcome to the working week with, uh, uh, Patton Oswalt. They're like, I read that. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, <laughs> you and like three other people. Like you actually know this book. So it's amazing. To, you know, people follow your career around. You know? it's, it's just cool. It's, just, it's really cool. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and again, I want to, I want to thank you so much for, for being so gracious with your time today. I mean, we've, you know, you've, you've definitely uh, been more kind with your time than, uh, than you certainly needed to. Um, I want to remind the listeners to go out and pick up uh, the first two volumes of Superman Rebirth, which are out of it, uh, available today. Uh, volume 3 comes out in August of 2017. Um, and I say this a lot, but I know that there are a lot of uh, artists and creators who listen to this show. Um, and so if you are an artist and somebody that just gets, uh, gets, gets a huge kick out of watching process videos and stuff like that, uh, you can find Patrick Gleason on Instagram 
at Patrick Gleason Studio. Uh, he's got tons of process videos there, and you're, I mean, you post on there quite a lot. Um, it's always super yeah, uh, entertaining yeah. to watch. Cool. Um, but yeah, so so check out all of Patrick's stuff, uh, and then like you said, you said the Batman and Robin omnibus. You said sometime in like November that's coming out. I believe, yeah, I believe it's November. That's coming out, um, and then the Superman. Uh, Deluxe, actually, hardcover. I think it's coming out in August. I just, oh. if I remember, right. so it's 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 collecting the volume one and two um, in hardcover format. Uh, and I believe. Oh, that's yeah. So, so it's, uh, it's, it'll be a big book. Yeah, October October third <laughs> yep. is when that one's coming out, and then uh, volume three in trade paperback form is coming out August twenty second. There we go. Um, yeah, and uh, Patrick, again, like, thank you so much for joining us. Um, obviously, like, I have you know pages and pages of questions I could ask you, but uh, we'll we'll let that be for today. <laughs> well, hey, yeah, you know what? I, I had a blast, and uh, anytime you want to talk again, you know, I'm definitely glad to do it. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me, and thanks for people for listening. Yeah, absolutely, and and I will definitely be taking you up on that. So we'll we'll wait a few months down the road, maybe when uh, some other stuff comes out, and and we have uh, some some other stuff to talk about, so that we don't repeat ourselves too much. Um, then we'll get you back on. Uh, and then I want to remind the listeners as well. Uh, you can check us out on Twitter at Savage Land Pod, on Instagram at Savage Land Podcast. Uh, you know, leave your ratings and reviews on iTunes. And if you have any questions uh, for future creators that we have on the show, as we try to do consistently, we will uh, you know put out a post on Facebook or whatever um, to ask them questions. And you can send any of those questions to uh, letters at savagelandpodcast.com or any of our uh, social media outlets. Uh, Patrick, was there anything else you wanted to, to leave the audience with before we uh, head out here today? Uh, just again, thank you for thanks for reading, and uh, I enjoy all the feedback. You know, like online, like you said, on Instagram or Facebook, Twitter, wherever Tumblr. Um, so I'm happy to happy to talk to you guys anytime, and enjoy enjoy being on your show. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks so much, Pat, and uh, join us next week on thanks, the Savage Land Podcast. Mm-hmm.